Night Wall fans, welcome to episode 40 of Go Tell to the Wall podcast. I am, as always, your host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke, and this is the first episode of 2018. That's right, I kind of don't even want to really say Happy New Year because we're like a few days past Happy New Year, uh, but nonetheless, Happy New Year to all of you Wall fans out there. Uh, thank you for coming back in 2018. We got a lot of stuff planned in 2018. I'm going to kind of pepper that in throughout the episode this evening. Uh, we do have the live feed going as usual. Always doing the live feed, but we have that going. So for those of you that only listen to the audio on the podcast, which is fine, some people only like the audio, uh, You, if you get a little confused, just remember, I'm sometimes responding to fans on the live feed and commenting and all the other things, and that's actually where our on-air producer, Bridget, uh, interacts with the show and with me personally would be on the live feed. Uh, so, and if you're interested in checking that out, that's going to take us to some social plugs. That's right. Social plugs. You can find us uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash go tell to the wall. We are of course also on Twitter at tell the wall pod or at magic Muppet. Follow both of those. Just follow them. All kinds of nuggets of wisdom coming at you almost every day. Hi, Bridget. Hi, Chris. Uh, Bridget has officially joined us for this evening. Uh, she may be may be pulled away for <laughs> some kid stuff. Uh, I know all too well how that is. I spent the past couple days like doing nothing but but holding and playing with my daughter because she is in this period uh, where that that's all she wants. Everything everything is a tragedy. And all she wants is to like either sit in my lap or have me right next to her while she's throwing toys around. And it's just, it's kind of a normal thing, but that's what's going on in my life right now. So it's a little bit ridiculous. Anyway, continuing the social plugs, you can of course find everything, everything, links to everything, including Patreon, including Patreon on shawnerworklive.com. That's right, shawnerworklive.com. That is kind of your one stop for everything. That's going to take, that will give you links to Facebook, to YouTube. Of course, follow us on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, new content going up there. Believe it or not, next week, bunch of new content going up. I was sitting on some content for 2018 because that's when I kind of wanted to kick off the additional YouTube channels in 2018. So that stuff's going up next week. Definitely subscribe there. Check out the videos. Give us some comments. Give us some likes. All that good stuff. And of course, subscribe to the podcast itself on any, any of your favorite podcast apps. It, it, it's, it's on, it gets pulled by all these different podcast apps. I can't even keep track of them. Of course, shout out to Podomatic, where we actually host the podcast. So if you're looking for a podcast listening app or site, Podomatic would be a great one. Uh, and of course, we're featured on iTunes and Google Play Music as well, if that's kind of how you prefer to consume your podcast and music. Me personally, I, 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 I'm a Google Play Music guy, uh, so that, that's where I consume my podcasts that I listen to. Um, all right, moving along. This is a milestone episode. It's episode 40. I think every 10 episodes, we just kind of call them a, a milestone episode. Um, even though we've done over 40 episodes, it, we'll call it a milestone, you know? Uh, and for those of, that are watching on the live feed, they already know this because we kick off the live feed before I actually go into the podcast. Uh, I have minimal notes this evening. Minimal notes, minimal content, and honestly, I was just being a little lazy. I'm still recovering from the holidays. My daughter's going crazy. I, I think I was sick like a week ago, fighting off a sickness, illness, whatever you want to call it, uh, and, and everything's a little crazy in the world right now. Uh, so we're, we're going minimal content, minimal notes, and it's just going to be me rambling and hopefully Bridget keeping me in line as per usual, you know, because that's what she does. She keeps me in line. Um, uh, speaking of Patreon, which minimal expectations, that's right. As Bridget is pointing out, minimal expectations. That's always, you always want to temper expectations, right? That's, that's been my, my, my motto from the beginning is temper expectations. Didn't start the GoPro that figures. There we go. So temper your expectations. Not a lot of content tonight, uh, but Patreon, as I mentioned, I do want to give a big, big shout out to our newest patron on Patreon, and that would be the amazing Seth Rosenberg. Thank you, Seth, for becoming a patron uh, and, and supporting the show, not only by listening, but uh, financially through Patreon. Uh, we appreciate it uh, and, and very much appreciate you listening. Uh, there will be more Patreon stuff. We're going to continue to call out pat patrons, patrons, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and Seth who, if you don't remember from, it was either a Christmas episode or episode 39, Bridget will remind me, we do have a couple goals here. When we get to 25 patrons, 25, we're going to do the highly anticipated whiskey episode with people in studio, including our on-air producer, Bridget. Uh, and once we hit 50 
50 patrons, 5-0, not 1-5, five, 5-0 five, patrons, uh, we will, I will throw a party for all 50 of those patrons. All 50 of those patrons. I'm not telling you what kind of party it's going to be, but there will be. Oh, thank you, Bridget. It was the Christmas episode when I promised that to everyone. Uh, so thank you again for always keeping me in line, Bridget. Uh, and that would be when we did that. And so keep that in mind. Tell your friends. Tell them to become patrons. Um, you know, support. And and on that note, even if you're not going on Patreon to become a patron of Go Tell to the Wall podcast, there's plenty of other artists on Patreon uh, that are, I don't want to call them all struggling artists, but there are many struggling artists on there that really are putting out a lot of free content much the way that we do here at Go Tell It to the Wall, uh, but you can also go on and support them. So even if you hate this podcast, but you still listen to it because you just like to listen to things you hate, you're one of those like internet trolls, find someone you do like on Patreon and support them. Throw a couple dollars their way, you know? It's it, it, it's it's all for good. It's all supporting uh, art, as you, as you could say, art and entertainment, influencers. There's all kinds of different people on there. Uh, so check that out. I do want to point out one thing in the opening, and I didn't even want to get into this. I did mention it few minutes ago, uh, the legalization of recreational marijuana here in the state of California, yes, became officially legal recreationally as of January 1st of 2018. Well, today, yesterday, yesterday or today, the amazing elf Jeff Sessions, <laughs> Keebler elf Jeff Sessions, decided to come out and say he was going to roll back an Obama-era policy that didn't completely decriminalize marijuana, but it made it possible for states to have things like recreational marijuana, which, as we've seen in Colorado, has helped the economy there. Helped the economy there. Well, Keebler Elf wants to go ahead and try to roll those back. Of course, this is going to be with the support of the Orange Menace, as he's sitting there getting into a, a penis-measuring battle with the, uh, the Emperor. I'm going to call him the Emperor from now on. I know he's a dictator, but we'll just call him the Emperor of North Korea. And that short little bastard. Oops. Well, see? See what happens? Off the rails already. Jesus. Short little bastard. Anyway. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. And I have a message for you, Mr. Keebler Elf. Uh, come and take it. Come and take it. For the past year, there's never been a time where I was more happy and more proud to live in the great state of California. Come at me, Keebler Elf. Come at all of us. Bring it. Bring it. In fact, you have a bunch of that stupid, you know, bipartisanship. We got to be Republican, Democrat. You even got their freaking Republicans coming after you. A bunch of Republicans came out. That, Republicans from those states that have recreational marijuana, they're going to fight you. You probably ain't even going to make it to California, bro. You ain't even going to make it to California to try and take our pot away. And I'd like to see it try. The ridiculous thing about all of it is Keebler Elf is probably sitting in his house right now just, just power drinking some scotch. Oh, but marijuana, it's terrible for you. People are going to over... Get the fuck out of here, Keebler Elf. Get out of here. You know? This is this is common sense. This is common sense. And you're only trying to undo things because Obama did it. You know? That's not the kind of world we want to live in. That's not the kind of country we want to live in. But unfortunately, a bunch of idiots in the South elected the Orange Menace, and this is what we got to deal with now. Come at me, bro. Come at me. Let's get into a little social on that note. A little social... I was giving myself a pat on the back uh, this week. I'm going to go ahead and do it for the live feed there, a little pat on the back. And you know why? You know why? Because about a year ago, I called out this little shit YouTube star named Logan Paul. Called him out for the ridiculous things he does that aren't even entertaining. And marketing that to tweens and children. And I said about a year ago, I said, just give it some time. This guy is a sociopath. And he's going to do something that extremely crosses the line. Well, sure enough, what happened? What happened just a couple days ago? If you're not familiar with Logan Paul, he is a YouTube star. Finger quotes for everyone watching on the live feed. YouTube star. Um, he's really pretty much just a douchebag uh, that should not be given any kind of platform or voice for anything. You know, honestly, I wish he would just go like dig a hole and live in it for a while because he's not influencing our youth very well. And I realize I dropped some F-bombs and stuff on this podcast. I don't market to youth, you know? This guy markets to youth. If you remember about a year ago when we talked about it, mothers were dropping their daughters off in front of his house to go and hang out and, and watch the antics that he does in front of his house in, like, North Hollywood or Studio City. It was somewhere around that area in the valley, you know? So there's a difference there. There's a big difference. So before I start getting those messages on Facebook, which I'm sure I will get after this episode from stupid Logan Paul fans, yeah, yeah. And again, if you're not familiar with this, what he did the other day, he was on a trip in Japan. Um, 
And I think, I don't know if he was recently on this trip or if this was just footage from his trip that he took over the past year or so. But he went to an area that's known as the Suicide Forest. Um, and I can't remember the actual name of it, but it's in Japan. And notoriously, people go there to commit suicide. They tend to hang themselves from trees or do whatever else. I'm, you know, I'm not even sure. Uh, in fact, one of the Universal Independent uh, uh, Studios, when I was working at uni, actually uh, did, did like a horror flick kind of with that same theme. So he's going through his forest. He's on his trip in Japan. He's filming everything. And they come across a dead body, someone that had committed suicide. They come across it. Well, he films it. And then he comes back, and he puts it on YouTube. Someone that had committed suicide. This is someone's likely father or mother, brother or sister, son or daughter. Think about that. And he's posting this on YouTube. The ridiculous thing is, and I'm, I'm happy to say there has been a lot of backlash. The video was removed and everything else, and he's apologized. He's, he's apologized like all of these idiots do, you know. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. What do you mean he didn't mean to do that? You filmed a, the dead body of somebody that had committed suicide, and you put it on YouTube. What didn't you mean to do? What you didn't mean to do was offend someone. You meant to put that video on there. You didn't mean to be so offensive that it's hurting your career. We need to get over that, people. Wall fans, think about that. That's what all these famous people do. They come out and they apologize. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. No, you didn't mean to have your career ruined. That's what you didn't mean to do. You meant to do what you did. You meant to sexually harass someone. You meant to post stupid videos on YouTube. You meant to do that. Don't apologize because you want your career back. I mean, apologize, but we're all seeing through it. Hopefully, we're all getting smarter than that. Common sense. Common sense. Anyway, the ridiculous thing about, the ridiculous part about this is someone actually came out, and I'm not going to, she used a pen name, I'm not even going to use the pen name she used. Uh, she has a 13-year-old son, and her husband, his father, had committed suicide in 2008, after the financial crash. So her 13-year-old son, who follows Logan Paul on YouTube, goes to look at YouTube, as you do, you know, as kids shouldn't do, but they do, goes to look at YouTube, and sees this video. And immediately, it's PTSD for the kid because his father committed suicide. And not only is it PTSD, but this child, this 13-year-old, has blamed himself, continues to blame himself for his father committing suicide. And he has to see this on YouTube. Think about that. Think about that. That's the ridiculous world we live in. And the most important thing here, like I said, is that Logan Paul is drawing in young fans. Nobody should have to see that. But especially a 13-year-old, 12-year-old, 10-year-old, 15-year-old shouldn't have to see that. Even if you didn't have a father who committed suicide, you shouldn't have to see that. And he markets his videos to tweens and children. So, Logan Paul, I'm not even going to say do better. Just get the hell out of here. Just disappear, you know? Just disappear. I would say go to that forest, but I don't support suicide. Maybe just dig a hole and, and live in that for a while so we don't have to see you anymore. This guy's showing up. I go to, I go to like the the one Barnes and Noble, the last remaining bookstore on the face of the earth, and I got to see this idiot's biography in my face on the shelves. <sighs> we think that's bad, Wall fans. We are gonna we are gonna get upbeat with this, but this is an important one because we've talked about this many times. Called out Logan Paul about a year ago, and we've recently been talking about inappropriate videos on YouTube and how those videos market to children. And remember, we talked that YouTube was hiring ten thousand screeners to go through all the videos and make sure the content going up on YouTube was appropriate for YouTube. Well, this video was actually flagged by a YouTube user when it went up. It was flagged. It was flagged and reported to YouTube, reported to this team at YouTube who's supposed to be vetting all these videos and keeping out what shouldn't be on YouTube. Well, the people that verify for YouTube saw the video and thought it was okay and let it continue to go. So this is an, this is an epidemic right now this is you know it's one idiot that posted this video and granted there are many of these kind of videos out here he just happens out there he just happens to be the highest profile one but youtube isn't even doing their due diligence and i get it i've said this before on the podcast when youtube was getting some flack for these videos going up and all that other stuff i've said it it's hard to keep track of all those things however here we have an instance where it was literally reported it was reported and yet they let it continue to stay live on YouTube. It was reported. So there's no excuse on YouTube's part. Just no excuse whatsoever. Ugh. It makes me sick. But parents out there, wall fans, if you have kids, don't let them get on YouTube. 
Don't let him get on YouTube. Don't even let him get on YouTube to watch my channel. Don't don't let him watch Go Tell It to the Wall. Just don't. They shouldn't be on there. They should not be on there. You know? Keep your innocence, kids. That's what I say. Keep your innocence. Uh, all right. A little more on social here. This one I found funny. And I'm not even going to get into details on it. Uh, but I found this funny because I, I find that the, the dating website, like, game and everything, I find it very amusing because there's so many sites out there. And I remember years ago, it's, it seemed like people that I talked to that were using these sites actually were paying money. And now I don't think you have to pay for, like, the Tinder and stuff. You just kind of, like, you're just flipping through stuff. You know, ah, there we go, there we go. Uh, but these pay pay sites still exist, you know. Uh, eHarmony is one of them. I think Match.com is another one. And then there's all the niche ones. Uh, <laughs> I, I watch a lot of this, this antenna channel called Laugh. And it just, it just, I, I joke with my wife that they just play episodes of that 70s show and Roseanne and the Drew Carey show, like back to back to back. That's all they do is they just continue showing those shows. Uh, but the funny thing is apparently, I don't, I don't know if there's farmers watching it or what, but it's this constant stream of farmersonly.com advertisements that I get. And those are hilarious. YouTube, uh, don't have your kids YouTube it. You YouTube it yourself and you can show your kids cause they're not inappropriate for kids. Uh, the farmersonly.com ads cause it is, <laughs> It is gold. It is hilarious. Uh, and, and I'm sure there are, are many farmers on there. So if you're a farmer or you're looking for a farmer, check out FarmersOnly.com. Uh, the Farmer app. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what that brings me to is eHarmony, which I think is one of the larger dating sites. And it's been around for a long, long time. And they have a slogan. I, I don't know their exact slogan. But they have always fell back. They, they fall back on this principle that they use science science for your matches and they use that in their advertising well, what happened was in the uk and really in many the u.s is well behind behind the curve on this you know I, third world countries of course but the u.s is well behind the curve when it comes to false advertising and all that kind of stuff europe is like way ahead of the u.s is when it comes to that kind of stuff so in the uk they're running uh advertisements print ads in the uh, in the the subway or the uh, the tube, the tube. If you're actually in England, uh, that's what you would call it there. Uh, and someone called them out on it, and they called this organization in the UK that fights false advertising. And ER Harmony had to had to prove that they're using some kind of science. Well, of course they give some BS answer, and because there's no science behind it, there's no science. They're just matching people with people. They're probably throwing you like a thousand people. They're like. You have blonde hair and you have blonde hair. Well, surely you will get along. I have friends like this too. I've, I've had many friends try to hook me up with people. And I've, I've like gone on dates or met them like in a group setting. And I'm like, do, do you know me? Like, ha have you met me before? Because that, I, like I would never date that person in my entire life. And I'm not, I'm not talking about physical traits. I'm talking about like, no, we would never get along. Like, wh what would we even talk about type thing? So I'm sure you get a lot of that with these dating sites. Personally, I, I don't have the experience. I've, I've never actually used a dating site, and I don't mean that in a conceited way. I just I just never never used them, you know. I'm, I'm sure if I was a, you know, a single 35-year-old, you know, maybe I would have gotten on some Tinder or something. Fortunately for me, I'm now married, and I don't have to deal with all that stuff. Um, for those of you out there that, that, that think the single life is the best, uh, you're, you're sorely mistaken, and I'm sure... Uh, Bridget can attest to that as well. Um, now, of course, if you're in a terrible relationship, get the hell out of that relationship. But don't be single just to be single. It's super overrated. And there's no science that's going to help you find a match uh, because eHarmony was basically blowing a bunch of smoke up your ass. That's right, blowing some smoke up your ass. One thing I want to mention, I kind of had this in my, like, I have an ongoing list of notes. And we always talk about this because ta I talked about it when they moved to Colorado. So I'm just going to mention it real quick. In and out here in California, which is the constant great debate. I don't even want to hear this stuff about In and Out and Whataburger. Like, stop. They're different things. I love In and Out because I grew up with it. I didn't grow up with Whataburger. I love White Castle, but I, I can tell you right now, White Castle, it it's shitty food. It's shitty food. I know it, but I grew up with it, so I love it. It may it tastes like it tastes like childhood, you know. So I'm not gonna get in that debate. However, In and Out did announce a new menu item. I'm not sure if you can get it now. Oh, speaking, see. This is what happens. Bridget, you got to keep me, you got to, I mean, I'm good now, but keep me in line because I'm just remembering another thing from Jack in the box. Okay. Uh, anyway, they added their first new menu item for the first time in like 15 years or something like that. Something crazy. Uh, and it, 
I don't even know why this made the news, um, why I was seeing it, places, social platforms, and everything else. They added hot cocoa. They added hot cocoa. And apparently, that's a new menu item. So if you're interested in hot cocoa, because we all know you want to go to, when you see In-N-Out, you're like, ooh, I definitely need a very, very warm beverage. I don't understand it, uh, but that's happening at In-N-Out. I feel like I should throw it in there. But on the same note of fast food, there is a funny story that came out about a week ago, uh, and that would be Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box is actually working closely with Snoop Dogg. Now, we've known this for quite a little, quite a while now, quite a while now, uh, that Jack in the Box definitely caters to the stoner crowd and the college crowd. In fact, for a few years now, they've had this thing called a munchie meal, and you only get it, uh, you do, what? oh, so, okay, I, ta- I take back what I said, Bridget wants hot cocoa. Uh, from in and out make sure you're bringing Chris some double doubles though. I know Chris will want his double double. I'm just kidding. I mean he probably does but double double you got to have one. I personally I like to go three by three It's a little bigger. I eat too much, you know um, Anyway, jack-in-the-box past couple years. They've had this thing called a munchie meal and it's only available It's actually available all day, but it only costs you six dollars from 10 p.m. On or something like that 9 p.m. Something like that and it's this, it's this funny, like, stoner mix of food. You can get different main things, but it has, like, a halvesy fries, and it comes with two tacos, which are, these are, Jack in the Box tacos are the best white people tacos, like, from fast food you can find. Um, don't come at me with Taco Bell. That, like, oh, that's so much worse than Jack in the Box. Um, they are not real tacos, but they are white people tacos, and they're fantastic, and I eat them all the time. They reheat real well in a toaster oven, I gotta tell you. I usually go to Jack in the Box, and I'm like, give me six of those. And I eat two, and I throw the others in the fridge, and I have them later, you know. Yeah, see, Chris. Uh, Chris, does that burger have cheese on the correct end of the bun? I don't know. We got to check that Did because Google is making that a priority. Anyway, we're getting burger emojis uh, on the thing. And, and for those of you that listen to the podcast religiously, you'll know that we talked about the ridiculousness of the burger emoji a few episodes back. Anyway, Munchie Meal, clearly catering to stoners. Well, they announced about a week ago that they're working with Snoop Dogg on a new Munchie Meal. And it's actually called the Mary Munchie Meal, named after Mary Jane, which is a slang or marijuana. Not only that, but the munchie meal itself, and I, I nobody quote me on this, I believe it features some chicken strips, and instead of having fries, it's going to have, uh, it's going to have uh, fries and onion rings, uh, and also includes mini churro. I mean, they're going like full stoner here. They're like, we got to get you through the full spectrum, some savory, some sweet, uh, and the kicker on all of this, the Merry Munchie Meal from Jack in the Box, which launches on the 15th in California, and I believe it's only select locations, so don't don't go to a jack-in-the-box near you that isn't one of those select locations and start yelling at them, Sean said I love the Mary. No, it's only select locations. Um, look it up. I'm sure jack-in-the-box will be advertising it and everything. The kicker on all of it, the cost for the Mary Munchie meal, $4.20. That's right, $4.20. If you don't get it, don't worry about it. Look it up. But don't worry about it. It's just it's a it's a little joke for those of us that live here in California, and we have uh, the the option of recreational and medical marijuana. Um, so that's going to be coming out. Which uh, on the same note is In and Out. Oh, you know what? Jalapeno poppers. Kevin, patron Kevin Jones is pointing out. I think jalapeno poppers was one of the other things in the Mary Munchie meal, and that makes sense. I'm not even calling out the jalapeno. Po- I mean, I'm not even thinking about the jalapeno poppers, but that's a good one. Um, on another note, back to fast food, in and out This is something that cracked me up when I was in college. You can actually get any as many patties as patties and cheese as you want. The biggest I've ever eaten, there was a 10 by 10. I was like 16, 17 years old. I was able to eat like that at that time. Um, but there was a time, and prices have gone up since then. We're talking like 15, 20 years ago, where a 4 by 4 from In-N-Out actually cost you $4.20, interestingly enough. I don't think they were doing that on purpose. That's a very Christian organization. I don't think they're going to be having any kind of munchie meal catering to the stoners in California here. Uh, but head on out to Jack in the Box after the 15th. Get yourself a merry munchie meal. Uh, and I, I, they'll probably have them all day. They charge you like two bucks more to get it during the day. And I think, I think that's a penalty because they just assume that you're getting stoned and you want to eat the munchie meal, which is not true because I am often very stoned. And I, do get, I don't get the whole munchie meal, but I get one of the sandwiches that's a munchie meal sandwich. It is so terrible for you, but it is so damn good. It is the chicken tater melt. Check that one out. Shout out to Jack in the Box. Uh, we do need some more brand deals here, Jack in the Box. So if you want to shoot some chicken tater melts our way, we'll, we'll definitely give you more shout outs. Vans, too. I've been throwing out off the wall like crazy. Wall, wall. Come on, man. It's, it's, just, it's right there in front of you. 
We're working on the beer brand deals, too. Those are literally in the works and T-shirts, too. But those <laughs> pie-in-the-sky ones are just constant jack-in-the-box tacos for the podcast. You know, new pair of shoes for every episode. I'd be doing four episodes a week if that happens, Wall fans. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. All right, here we go. Let's. Oh, we got a little more social. I got a little more social. I told you, I, have, I do not have much notes to this. And actually, before we get to that, God, we are rambling this. Thank God Bridget is here because I, I know I'm going to hit a point where I'm too tangenting too much. Hopefully, I'm not there yet. Uh, anyway, let's talk about the beer this week, which I think patron Kevin Jones will appreciate. And this would be a tasty little brew from the Humboldt Brewing Company. I say that because I know for a fact that Kevin went to school in Humboldt. And it would be the Nectar IPA, Nectar India Pale Ale. Humboldt Brewing Company is actually out of Ukiah, California. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Humboldt, Humboldt County is actually kind of the I, 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 the weed capital, the, the, the marijuana mecca of, uh, of California. And that, I'm sure it's going to change now with recreational being so common and rolling out and everything as long as the Keebler elf doesn't come to California and try to ruin that uh it, and it, that's really where a lot of the the marijuana for California was grown you know um all all this all the war on drugs people like like us to think that uh that it that it was oh it's all coming up from Mexico and stuff yeah I grew up in San Diego the stuff coming up from Mexico you didn't want to touch that <laughs> you, you weren't smoking if you were smoking that stuff oh you were desperate man you were desperate desperate no the good stuff was coming out of humble i know that for a fact uh anyway so nectar ipa from humble brewing company i'm enjoying it greatly it does have a uh it does have a hummingbird on it because you know nectar ipa um on that note hummingbirds are much bigger assholes than 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 you know people lead you to believe and we'll get into that on another episode anyway check it out humble brewing company nectar ipa i'm enjoying it you should enjoy it too it's actually not super hoppy not super hoppy, so if you're if you're someone that doesn't like the super hoppy IPAs, uh, this would be one for you. It's definitely a little pale, but it's not super hot. It's not like crazy, like Ugh, hoppy, you know, bitter beer. Um, I'm enjoying it. I would recommend it, uh, Kevin. I don't know if you've had that one as well, but I'm sure you you would probably recommend this one as well because it's a tasty one. It's a tasty one. All right, let's get in a little more social. So, our latest stupid social media trend. Okay, and uh, for those of you listening and watching, I don't. I wouldn't even call this a spoiler because, as you know, as Wall fans, I haven't seen the new Star Wars movie yet. I won't be seeing it until it comes out on DVD um, or Blu-ray or whatever, digital, whatever. God, so many different ways to consume media, you know? Uh, so I, I wouldn't call this a spoiler, but if you're like, oh my God, I want to know nothing about the movie. And if you're one of those people who wants to know nothing about the new Star Wars flick, um, you probably should have seen it already. But I feel like I got to give this warning because this has happened to me before and I've been called out for silly spoilers. Again, I wouldn't even call this a spoiler, but maybe just turn the volume down for like 30 seconds here. The newest thing to hit, the newest ridiculous craze to hit social media platforms would be the Kylo Ren challenge. Ooh. Ah, Steelhead Pale Ale. We're, you know what? We got to have that Steelhead Pale Ale uh, on one of the next episodes. Kevin, remind me of that one. Um, anyway, the Kylo Ren Challenge. If you've seen the movie, there's apparently a part in it where Adam Driver, who plays Kylo Ren, is shirtless. And he's not actually shirtless. He's like 95-year-old Jewish man from New York shirtless. You know, imagine that guy took off his shirt. Where his pants are actually like kind of just below his pecs and his nipples, you know? Like, a way too high up there. I'm joking. That has nothing to do with culture or race. It could have been a 95-year-old Irish dude. I just, I just mean older guys tend to wear their pants really high up. Uh, anyway, had the pants just way high up in the movie, apparently. Apparently, because I haven't seen it. So now that's the new thing, is the Kylo Ren Challenge, where you take a picture of yourself with no shirt and your pants hiked way up, which actually works to my advantage because I carry all of my <laughs> ridiculous... Extra fat kind of goes in my uh, my love handle, so maybe I should be wearing my pants uh, that that high up, uh, you know, because you know cover those love handles. Oh, and now I'm not seeing any of the things. Anyway, so this was actually started by John Mayer, who whose body is not a wonderland. Two people got that one. Uh, he started this Kylo Ren challenge where he is wearing some pants, basically up to his pecs, and posting a picture of himself. Well, wall fans. Common sense says no one wants to see you in super high pants with no shirt on. Hmm. It's kind of like the gray sweatpants challenge. No one wants to see that. No one wants to see that. You know? Come on. Let's do better. Let's do better. In fact, let's find something, and I've said this many times in the past, let's find something that 
not everyone's doing already, or maybe something that requires just just a, a minuscule amount of skill. You know, not oh look at me, I can pull my pants way up and take off my shirt. Okay, dude. Like even John Mayer, <laughs> like no, no, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, uh. Anyway, so you're gonna be seeing a lot of that, wall fans. Uh, probably the Kylo Ren challenge. Shirtless Kylo Ren, shirtless John Mayer. All right. I do have one more fun one for you. Uh, and this was an interesting one because I, I did a little research. I found this one a couple weeks ago. I know. I said I didn't have a lot of notes. But this one, it's just been sitting on my computer. And I want to talk about it because it fits really well in the social section. Social, social section. Yes. Yes. Sometimes maybe the Humboldt beer is getting me a little too much. Uh, anyway. And I, I was doing a little research. And I can't tell. Like, I don't know if this is actually a store but there is a twitter account called at lone blockbuster and it is the last blockbuster in existence now i say that and i tried to do a little research and i don't have uh i don't have i couldn't figure out if there's actually a blockbuster or if this is just some dude that had a good idea like here's a good idea here's a good idea wall fans social media world don't just don't copy john mayer like because seriously, who wants to copy John Mayer? No one wants to follow John Mayer. I mean, if you're dating in Hollywood, you're probably following him a little bit because he's dated everyone in Hollywood, but you, you don't want to be the same as John Mayer. You don't. You don't. I mean, no disrespect to John Mayer. You don't want to be the same as John Mayer. Like, come on. So somebody found this, and it's probably somebody that thought this was funny and came up with a good idea. And they're tweeting out tweets from the last blockbuster. And I want to give you a couple of these uh, just because I find them very, very funny. Uh, and how ah, that one, uh, so like one of them is please stop sending us photos of abandoned blockbusters. That's like us sending photos of your dead grandparents <laughs> and you know, there's de there's like closed blockbusters. Ever. I think they're finally like disappearing. I know there was one in Burbank. I think that one's still there. It's just sitting there with like still got the blockbuster sign and everything. Um, and then there's another one. If you plan on coming in today, just tweet me and I'll run over and open the store. Pretty sure that's a bit of a shout out to clerks clerks. If you haven't seen clerks wall fans, you're missing out. Go see it. See Randall not being at the video store. Like two people got that one too. We're getting real niche here. That's what happens with when I don't have a lot of notes and I'm just kind of off the rails. We get real niche and like two pe only two people get each joke and it's a different two people for every joke. Anyway. Um, and then uh, one more on these because this one's super funny. Uh, asking us why we don't have Blu-rays is like asking a homeless person why they don't have a MacBook Pro. That's right. So follow that. It is at Lone Blockbuster. If you enjoy funny social media things like I do myself, that's why I talk about these kind of things on the podcast. Uh, follow at Lone Blockbuster. I don't think it's an actual blockbuster. I think it's just a dude sitting there tweeting or a few people sitting there tweeting because it's rare that people tweet for themselves. I mean, I do. I tweet for I handle well for the most part. I handle all the Twitter I do have I do get a little help on the other the social media and the website front, but the Twitter is all running through me. Now that you know that, you can all see how terrible it is. But all these all these famous people, like real famous, you're like like George Takei. Y'all think George Takei is so super funny and stuff, and we everyone follows him on Facebook and Twitter, and they like retweet and share his posts and comment and everything. Yeah, he's got like ten dudes sitting there daily writing this stuff. He 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 doesn't write a goddamn thing. He's not right. He just posts it. And I don't even think he's posting it. Like nobody does. Uh, you're not you're going to you're going to be hard pressed to find a a famous person that is tweeting their own stuff. And I mean famous like famous elite cuz influencers and stuff are really tweeting their own stuff. Uh, I can tell you right now, Give Me Motions tweeting their own stuff. Uh, Mary Doodles is tweeting her own stuff. Dad Fiction, which is a new podcast, which I, I think I've mentioned before on the show, is sharing their own stuff. So, you know, it, it's out there. But we all need to calm the hell down on George Takei uh, because he, he he doesn't write his own tweets or, or Facebook posts. I'm sorry to anyone out there uh, <laughs> that I have spoiled, uh, which apparently Bridget is one of those if I've spoiled it for you. That's how the world works. Um, yeah, that's kind of the way it is. And I, I know it too, all too well because I worked on social media for a very, very, very large studio and company here in Los Angeles and Burbank specifically. And there wasn't a mouse sitting there actually tweeting stuff out or any artists or any kind of that stuff. So, yeah. Anyway, follow Lone Blockbuster. 
don't follow. I mean, follow George Takei if you want. But honestly, I just get sick of his stuff. And his April Fool's joke last year, if you don't know what that is, I'm not going to get into it. He, like, I was done with him. I never really followed him. But I was like, okay, you got, you got some funny people that make you sound kind of funny. All right, all right, we'll do this. And then April Fool, I was like, just stop. Just go. Go. Maybe you and Logan Paul can go start a Twitter in Russia or something. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I really don't hate George Takei. It's, just, I'm, it, it's this this front that's put up and it's like, okay, you're famous because you hired some people to make you famous. Oh, you mean like, you know, just like people that we make fun of here on this podcast, like the Kardashians or really anybody who's been an artist on Hollywood records. I did not say that wall fans. I didn't say that. Maybe I did. All right, let's move on to some TV film and books. I found this one interesting. I don't really have notes on this, but this has happened recently. Uh, I needed a new book to read. And, uh, and I have a Kindle. And the thing is, I, I, I always have books to read. but some I like to read before I go to bed. So I'll get into bed and I'll read and then, you know, actually go to sleep. And I like to read, I don't want to say, like, I don't say dumb stuff, but easy reading stuff, you know. So I've been reading, a, like, like fantasy type stuff. Uh, there's a couple different authors that I've found. And just, like, kind of easy reading. And it's enjoyable, but easy reading. So the other night I needed a book. And, uh, and I usually go through with, like, looking for recommendations, you know, Amazon has all the recommendations, and then they also have the lending library. So where some you don't have to actually you can borrow a book a month. If you're not familiar with that, check it out. If you have Amazon Prime, uh, you actually don't have to pay the the ten dollars a month for Kindle. And, I mean, you can. I know many people that do. If you do, do the math on it for how many books you read, because you could probably. I mean, I, I did the math real quick, and I was like, eh, I'm better off buying two books a month, two three books a month. Anyway. Uh, you, but you can also borrow through the lending library, which is nice. So when I see these new artists, and if it's available in the lending library, that's what I'll do. Well, and I didn't even write down the author's name. I found a book that was recommended to me, and it's called The Pen is Mightier. I'm not going to get into this book. Like, you know, if you're really interested, you can check it out. It's clearly setting up to be a series and then probably trying to be a movie just like Ready Player One. You know, all these books got to be a movie. You know, I swear authors these days don't write a book to write a book. They write a book to be made into a movie. You know, I mean, you can see that really kind of clear. Uh, anyway, so I'm reading this book. I start reading it. It's called The Pen is Mightier. And it's about this, this magical pen that, that gives this guy whatever he wants. A young kid, you know, like 20-year-old, 21-year-old college kid or something. And it gives him whatever he wants. And I'm reading this. And as I'm going through the book, you know, I've gotten a few chapters in, you know, maybe like 40, 50 pages or something. It's a quick read. It's like super easy read. But I was realizing something. As, and this was just last night as I was reading it. And I kind of started to realize it. But last night it was like so plain and simple. Um, and this book is very much like, you know how they have uh, romance novels, and we've constantly, like for years and years and years, uh, poked fun at rom- romance novels. You know, there was even an episode of Friends where, where Joey finds a, uh, a, uh, one of uh, Jennifer Aniston's romance novels, and he starts reading. He's like, this is porn. This is porn. So we've always made fun of that. Um, Chris, have you read the book? Andy Crawford. Chris, oh no, Chris is... Chris is helping me out as usual on stats and information. Uh, Andy Crawford is the author of The Pen is Mightier. Um, anyway, what what started to stick out to me is this this geek culture where they're doing this f- for male fans. Really, or for, I mean, for if you're, it, it, they are over-sexualizing female characters in these books. And in fact, as I'm reading this, I realized, and it happened multiple times over the first like 40, 50 pages of this book, you know, um, yeah, I just I, I said that Chris is I, I was asking Chris if he read it. Um, now, I, I realized you were just looking it up for me. I, I thought I thought I thought you were pulling that one on the top of your head. And I was like, damn, Chris, you, you, you're you on it. Um, but thank you for looking that up. It is Andy Crawford. Uh, and, and multiple times over the first 40, 50 pages, like the character runs into a female, a woman in the book. And then the author goes into a complete description of like all of her parts in her anatomy and her hair and, and how 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 hot she is and and how he's interested in having sex with her or maybe not interested in having sex with her and then at times it goes into this ridiculous sex act and it's happened 40 50 pages it's happened two or three times in the book already two or three times that they go into the like describing the act which uh, like it's fine but it's it's a little over the top the killer for me the kicker was the description of all these women 
And it comes across to me as very sexist, very sexist. But apparently there is an audience for this where it's geek culture. And I would compare this. I've really, I honest to God, and I'm not trying to be like, I'm too manly to read. A, I, I've never read a romance novel. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know if they're over exaggerating that it's female, like whatever. I, I don't know. Um, but this, this is just not for me, but obviously there's an audience and it's kind of, I really looking cause it's very geeky, uh, kind of geeky, trashy romance novels, but for men, for men, you know, or again, for females too, if you know, any, for anyone interested in females, uh, getting over-sexualized descriptions of females and, uh, and, and sexual acts really only focusing on what the female is doing. Cause that's really what happens in this book. Uh, so I don't think I'll be finishing the book. I just, I'm not interested in it. I'll probably have to go back to rereading more Sherlock Holmes. That's what I do when I can't find, uh, can't find a book I want to read. And it's, it, and trust me, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is a little harder to read than a lot of these books, but that's just my default as I go and reread a bunch of Sherlock Holmes or one of the other Sir Arthur Conan Doyles. Um, all right, moving along with TV, film, and books, I do have an important note for you that I've been sitting on, and it's important, especially if you're not aware of it, and that would be the that Amazon Prime Video uh, is is now on Apple TV, which is a huge, huge step uh, because for many, many years there, you could not just pull up Amazon Prime Video on your Apple TV. Which you say, oh, it's not a big deal. Yeah, but the thing is, like, like me, for example, our main thing is we have Chromecast and, and DVD players and everything. The main thing that I tend to use is the Apple TV just because it's easiest and everything else. But I would constantly have to go to the Chromecast or the DVD player or something else to then pull up Amazon Prime Video. Well, now it's right there on Apple TV. So if you're an Apple TV user, check out your Apple TV. It's probably on there. You might have already noticed that. It's been it's been on there for a couple weeks. It, it came on my Apple TV um, maybe two weeks ago or so. So it's on there now, especially if you're an Amazon Prime user. There's a lot of great content on Amazon Prime Video. Um, I've, on, I've only just started to scratch the surface on it, uh, but definitely check that out because I know there's a lot of great content out there on Amazon Prime Video. And now, if you're an, especially if you're an Apple user overall, um, it is easier to find on the Apple TV. Uh, the thing that's great is that's also great about this is we're finally seeing more of the companies playing nice with each other. You know, Amazon gave the, you know allowed that to be on the Apple TV platform, with the exception of Apple. Apple's still not playing nice in the sandbox because the thing is, you can get all the Google Office stuff, you can get it on iOS, you can get it on Android, you can get it on web-based stuff. Microsoft, you can get Word and all the app, Office apps on iOS, on Android, on Windows, on web-based stuff. Well, you know what the best example of Apple not playing nice in the sandbox is? Keynote. You cannot get Keynote anywhere except on an Apple device. Nowhere. Doesn't exist anywhere except on an Apple device. Uh, so, And the ridiculous thing about that is Keynote is the most useful of all those things, like Amazon Prime Video, like... I'm si I was just saying, like, it's great, it's on there, but really, I just had to turn something else on. When I worked at Disney, I'd have two freaking computers. I'd have a MacBook just to deal with stupid Keynote stuff. My wife goes through the same thing at her office. They have to deal with Keynote, and all these corporations deal with Keynote on certain things. Really, I don't want to say all these corporations. It's really media companies in the studios that are using this Keynote because it looks pretty and everything. You know, they're like, oh, got to use Keynote. Get out of here. Steve, jo Steve Jobs doesn't care if you're using Keynote. Or PowerPoint. God, try moving some keynote to PowerPoint. You will bang your head against the wall five minutes in. I promise, because I've done it. But anyway, if you got Apple TV, check it out. Amazon Prime Video and check out some of their content. I don't watch a ton of it, but I know there's a bunch on there, and I've got it kind of in my queue. It's just hard to keep up with all this stuff. Uh, and on that note, I did find something new to watch a couple weeks ago. And it's not actually new. It's old, but it's new to me. Um, and I was looking for something that really I knew my wife would not be that interested in, because and not, not that I... You, you're going to watch this even though you're not. No, no. What I mean is sometimes she is gone or, you know, and I have some free time during the day when Zoe is sleeping and then I turn on an episode of something. So it was perfect to find this. And that would be the show Shameless. I believe it's a Showtime original, but it is on Netflix. There's like nine seasons on Netflix. I'm like two seasons in or something ridiculous. Um, but I, I'm enjoying it. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I don't think it's for everybody. It's very raunchy. Um, part of me... It, Part of me is kind of drawn to it because it takes place on the south side of Chicago. It's about a, it's about an Irish Catholic family on uh, on the south side of Chicago. So we're like right there. Oh, that's <laughs> you know. Um, granted, my family from the south side of Chicago is Polish, but 
you know, I got I got a little bit of both there, and I'm and very much enjoying it. Uh, and of course, the great William H Macy stars in it. And um, if you don't like William H Macy, I don't know who you are because he is a fantastic actor. I I I I, I think it would be hard to find someone that's like I don't like William H Macy. Maybe you're like, oh, he's cool, but. I, I, don't, I think it'd be hard to find someone that's like, I do not like that guy. I do not like his acting. No, he's a fantastic actor. So check that out. Uh, shameless. Shameless. Um, and I will tell you, some of the characters have been getting, been getting a little tiring on there. Like, I always like to kind of get behind uh, characters. I kind of want to root for characters. Oh, God, on that note, I did watch a terrible movie last week. Anyway, with Shameless, uh, I do like to get behind characters, and a couple of the characters have just gotten a little tired. A little tired where I'm like, okay, okay shut up. Stop fake crying, like, shut up, I'm done with you. Uh, but on the note of terrible movies and not caring about any characters at all, I'm late to the game on this one, but last week my wife and I, uh, because it was on Netflix and the mouse is going to take it away soon, I'm trying to get through them, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, I was genuinely upset when I finished that movie. It was basically a two-hour-long Baby Groot toy commercial. It's really all I got out of it. Um... Uh, and as one of my friends, because I asked him, he's a big comic fan, Marvel fan, I asked him the other day, what did you like it? And he's like, that eh, was fun. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I, mean, I can see it was fun. Because it's it's like a two-hour-long action sequence with a dancing tree in it. And, like, it's just crazy that this is the kind of content that's getting put out there where there's no character, just zero character development. And don't tell me, like, oh, but the father-son thing. Get out of here. It's no character development. I didn't give a shit about that. I didn't care. You know? And just it blows my mind that we're able to put this crap out there where Disney, the mouse, is putting out literally, it's a two-hour Baby Groot toy commercial. They're just to sell toys, just like the Porgies. Baby Groots, Porgies, what's next? Adult Groot, Infant Groot, Teenage Groot. Oh, God, they're going to start selling Teenage Groot toys. It's going to be a little angsty tree sitting in the corner listening to emo. Oh, God, that'll be horrible. Keep that out of my house. My daughter does not need one of those, and I don't need one of those. I'm just kidding. Nobody's going to buy me that thing. And it's probably going to happen. Teenage, teenage angsty Groot. I think There you go, Mouse. Disney. That's what you need to be marketing next. I want to see that in the Disney stores. Teenage angsty Groot. Uh, and it's just, he's, he's got his hair dyed black and a hoodie. And he's sitting in the corner listening to emo. That's all he does. That's all he does. Doesn't dance around like all the other little toys do. I'm just kidding. Anyway, I apologize, wall fans, if you love Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Jesus, I hope they paid all those 70s bands um, a lot of money. A lot of money because they're making a lot of money off the stupid soundtrack because they put a bunch of 70s songs in it, and then everyone's like, oh, this is the greatest song ever. It's like, yeah, dude, that song's been around forever. Just because a stupid little tree's dancing to it doesn't make it, oh, oh God, the song's so great. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great then. The, the dancing tree didn't make it better. You're just now realizing because you're a millennial and you're like 21 and never heard that song before because it didn't have a bass drop and a bunch of EDM beats in it. Jesus Christ. Now I'm getting cynical. Bridget's going to be reeling me back in here soon. Um, all right. Game of Thrones. I do have a little bit of Game of Thrones news, which isn't really news. You've probably heard of it if you're a Game of Thrones fan. And I did tease this. I didn't tease it. I, the rumors were out there a couple episodes ago. It is official. HBO has announced that Game of Thrones, the final season, will not be coming back until 2019. 2019. Until we actually get to find out who the hell is going to sit on that stupid throne. Um, all right. little music news. I guess they're getting through stuff. We're running out of time here. Uh, Give Me Motion, I've mentioned it. They are on tour starting... I don't have the date right in front of me. They are on tour starting this week. Or this month. This week. Not this week. This month, they are on tour. They're doing a little East Coast and a little bit of the South uh, in their tour. If you're in California, you're not going to be able to see them, unfortunately. Uh, but since, uh, since I know Give Me Motion personally, I've been pushing him... Very much so. Can we can we get a goddamn Southern California concert? So hopefully that'll be coming out at some point. Uh, from a music standpoint, I was also thinking today. I've been thinking about it a little bit recently, and that would be the band Green Day, uh, because a little over a year ago, I, on a certain night in November, I turned to my wife and I said, "Well, at least we're gonna get a damn good Green Day album out of this." Well, Green Day, I'm waiting for that album. I'm hoping that it's like a double album because American Idiot was just a single album, and if like. If you're going along those lines, you've got so much content. Content, Green Day. Come on, Billy Joe. Give me some good music uh, regarding the Orange Menace. So hopefully that's coming out at some point. I haven't even Googled this or anything, but Billy Joe, I know you have the Armstrongs going on and everything else. Please, please, please give us a fantastic album based on our idiot of a Orange Menace that we have sitting there in Washington. Uh, one more thing on music. This is mainly for those of you in Southern California. 
really Los Angeles area. It's not San Diego, uh, but in Southern California. And that would be the amazing band, amazing band, Unwritten Law. They are playing a concert on January 12th, Friday, January 12th, uh, in Thousand Oaks at Borderline Grill. Borderline Grill. And, and I am planning to be there. That's right. I'm planning to be there. I am probably going to drag a couple friends. I know of at least one that will likely be there. Bridget, I don't know if we've talked about Unwritten Law. Bridget might be an Unwritten Law. She, she's into uh, similar music that I am, but I don't know if she's familiar with Unwritten Law. Very, very local San Diego band. Um, but I will likely be there at Borderline Grill in Thousand Oaks on January 12th. If you see me, come up, say hi, tell me how much the podcast sucks. And if you can't find me, I will probably be the drunk one. Uh, trying to push my, my old ass to the front and yelling CPK at Scott while he's on stage and asking what song he should play next. And if you're not familiar with CPK, get your ass on YouTube, search Unwritten Law CPK. Don't ask me what CPK stands for. It is not California Pizza Kitchen. Don't ask me what it stands for, uh, but you can listen to the song from Unwritten Law. I'm sure it's on YouTube. I'm sure it's on YouTube. If not, maybe I'll share it on the page. Uh, but if you're interested in Unwritten Law, you want to see some good kind of crappy Southern California punk rock uh, that would be the place to go. And Borderline Bar and Grill is a bar, which means Scott Russo will likely be drunk. And all of the best unwritten law song, concerts and shows I have seen are when Scott Russo is drunk and almost barely able to stand. So we'll see. We'll see. January 12th. Check it out, Wall fans. If you see me, come up, say what's up. And tell me how terrible a podcast is. Uh, get a lot of that. You know, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's get into some sports. I do have... Uh, Two quick sports things, really just one, and I found this one awesome and interesting in so many ways. So I know many of you aren't into sports, but you will appreciate this one. So we had the last weekend of the of the NFL season, the regular season, last weekend. The last weekend. Um, so that way, uh, New Year's Eve was the last day. And there's a couple teams trying to get into the playoffs. Uh, of course, the amazing New England Patriots are the number one seed and home field throughout. Probably see see all in the Super Bowl, and as, as long as the rapist uh, Ben Roethlisberger does not somehow pull out a win in the AFC Championship, uh, and then we'll see what happens in the Super Bowl because I don't hold out hope on the actual Super Bowl itself after past Super Bowls and really what happened. Well, last year was a little different, but anyway, last season, last Sunday of the regular season uh, for the NFL, there was a game. The Baltimore Ravens had to win this game to make the playoffs. If they lost the game, they weren't making the playoffs. They had to win. They actually went up with about a minute and a half left. Chris might remember offhand, actually, even, because I'm sure he was watching it. Uh, went, went, took the lead with about a minute and a half left, like a three-point lead or four-point lead or something. Well, they're playing Cincinnati. In Cincinnati. Or no, in Baltimore. So Cincinnati gets the ball, and they drive down the field, and they score, and they win the game to keep the Baltimore Ravens from making the playoffs. Well, since the Baltimore Ravens didn't make the playoffs, the Buffalo Bills got into the playoffs. I know, sports. Oh, sports, sports, sports. Here's where it gets interesting and funny and awesome and awesome, really, in so many ways. Uh, so Andy Dalton, who is the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, he has uh, a, a charitable organization called the Andy and Jordan Dalton Foundation. Um, and I, I'm honestly, I can't remember. I believe it goes toward kids, kids in need. I, I'm really not positive. Uh, but what happened was all these Buffalo fans, these fans in Buffalo, uh, and I should point out Buffalo has not, have, have not been to the playoffs in 17 years. Seven, 1999 was the last time they made the playoffs. 17 years. So what happened was a lot of Buffalo fans wanted to thank Andy Dalton for leading his team down the field and beating the Baltimore Ravens and sending the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs. So you know what they did? They went to his organization's website and started donating, just donating like crazy. And in fact, the day after, I mean, I don't know what it's up to now, um, but the like in 24 hours, 24 hours, just over that 24-hour period, 57,000, 2,500 donors for about $57,000. The interesting thing is it was a flurry, a flood of $17 donations. And why $17, wall fans? 17-year playoff drought. $17 donations, and I thought this was brilliant. Uh, good on you, Buffalo fans. I'm, I'm obviously not a Buffalo fan because I am a New England Patriots fan, but good on you because you're showing some thanks to Andy Dalton. You're entertaining us because this is hilarious, Like, and it's going to a good cause. It's going to a good cause, and they're able to thank this guy because they haven't had their team in the playoffs in 17 years, and they're able to help a charitable organization. And they're showing that, you know, they don't have to put, like, go Bills. 17, 17, 17. Because like, that, that's a weird. You know, one thing if it was, like, $15 or 25 and you're like, eh, people just doing 15 and 20. No, 17. Like, 
nobody's like, you want to make a donation? Yes, $17. No, it's usually like 5 10 20 you know, whatever it is. Uh, so I found that amusing. We'll be following that a little bit. Hopefully they get some more money in that organization and everything else. I don't know a lot about Andy Dalton. I really don't I, I don't follow the the that division of the NFL. Um, and the other thing is because I had talked about it a couple times here on the podcast, and that would be the Heisman winning quarterback, which I hate to say, but I don't care anymore because the Heisman tro- Trophy is a freaking joke. I have no respect for it whatsoever. But the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, Baker Mayfield, of the redneck Oklahoma Sooners, well, he played in the semifinals of the college football playoff on New Year's Day. He got a little fired up. He's running up and down the field like an idiot. You know, this is the same guy that got arrested for assaulting police officers and grabbed his crotch on national television and pointing and cursing at the, the team on the other side of the field. Well, his team lost. The Oklahoma Rednecks lost on New Year's Day, which the only thing, when it comes to college football, the only thing the only thing that compares, and it's not better, but compares to watching the Texas Longhorns win would be watching the Oklahoma Sooners, Oklahoma Rednecks, especially quarterbacked by the ridiculously douchey Baker Mayfield, would be seeing them lose. Uh, so now hopefully... For the college football final, we'll go ahead and watch uh, the devil himself, Nick Saban, lose uh, to Georgia. That's it for sports. We're not going to give you any more sports. <laughs> okay. All right. I got two tech things real quick. Uh, and this one is really, I, 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 I'm pointing this one out because I want everyone to be aware of it, all wall fans. Uh, came out recently, there was a story that the U.S. Postal Service, you know how we feel about the U.S. Postal Service here at Go Tell Us the Wall podcast. U.S. Postal Service, uh, that they were faking delivery times for Amazon. Faking delivery times for Amazon. You know when you order something from Amazon, they're like, by 8 p.m. You know, tomorrow by 8 p.m., Monday by 8 p.m. You know, it's got to be there. And if it doesn't arrive on time, you can usually call Amazon, and they'll give you something free. They'll give you a discount. They'll give you a month of Prime or whatever. I think I swear to God, my wife and I are working on like three years' worth of free Amazon Prime because they screw up so much stuff all the time. Um, and what they were telling drivers, U.S. Postal Service drivers, they were telling them at 7 o'clock to pull over on the side of the road, go and scan all of the packages as delivered. And then they would continue to deliver them, but then they would all show up as delivered at that time. And I'm going to tell you, Wall fans, this has absolutely 100% happened to me because I've been on the phone with Amazon when USPS said they delivered something and it wasn't there or it came the next day or whatever else. This has absolutely happened to me. So keep that in mind. Don't get screwed by the U.S. Postal Service and Amazon. You know, I mean, I'm not even putting all the blame on U.S. Postal Service. I'm, there's definitely some blame on Amazon there. Uh, but call them out on it. If you're not getting your package at the right time. Uh, yeah, see, I was going to, this, this has to happen. Has to have, it's happened to Bridget, too. This has to have happened to a lot of people. I mean, it, like, I used to get so frustrated. And that's why I, I, I'm joking, but, like, my household has months of free Amazon Prime. Like, because you call and they're like, sorry, we screwed that up. Can we give you a free month of Amazon? <sighs> Fine. Give me the month of Amazon Prime. And by then, you're like, just get, get out of here. Happened to Laura today. See, that's what happens. Dishonesty. Uh, call them out on it, Laura. Call uh, Amazon and call them out on it. Make them give you two years of free Amazon Prime. I don't know. Give you something else. It, happened, it actually happened. To me. I don't know that it happened to, to me. My wife had ordered a Christmas gift for me, and it did, actually didn't even arrive until after Christmas. Um, supposed to, there was like notes like undeliverable and all this stuff. And it's like I mean, I've had that happen too uh, where, where they were like, we couldn't deliver it. Gate was kind of, <laughs> I've literally been sitting on the porch at my house. And then I get a notification because you can get, like, the text alerts and stuff. And it's like, couldn't deliver your package. And it's like, where is the dude? I, I, I'm, I've I been sitting here for 20 minutes. I don't, okay, I guess it couldn't be, del- you know. Don't trust Amazon. Still got to continue to use them. I want to tease one thing. We're going to talk about this uh, hopefully on the next podcast. And that would be a new thing coming out. And this goes in the text section called blockchain. Not going to get into it, but it's the new thing. Uh, so, so feel teased wall fans. It's a little teaser. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Google it yourself, but of course we'll, we'll have some ranting and raving about it on the, the next episode as well. Uh, I do want to give a, we're going to get a little common sense here. We are just about out of time. I want to give a huge, huge shout out to the actor, Paul Sorvino. If you're not familiar with Paul Sorvino, he he's most well known for, for, uh, his role in Goodfellas. Uh, and he is also the father of Mira Sorvino. If you if you're not you know if you're not familiar with Mira Sorvino, I I don't know what to tell you. She, she you know Paul Sorvino is one thing you see his face you don't know his name. Mia Sorvino you should know her name. Uh, anyway, so there was uh, 
oh my gosh, his daughter came out and uh, and she had some accusations against Harvey Weinstein as well. Uh, so, of course, Paul Servino got interviewed, and I think he was interviewed by TMZ, but probably some others as well. Uh, but I want to give you a couple quotes from Paul Servino, and if, if you're not familiar with him, he 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 was a character in Goodfellas. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Goodfellas, Goodfellas is about the mafia. And uh, just think about, you know, the stereotypical mafia guy that you see in movies that you don't want to mess with. It's Paul Servino. <laughs> you, I declare you, you, wanna, you don't want to mess with him. You just, he could look at you and you'd be like, <gasps> I'm telling you. Anyway, uh, so a couple quotes from him. He did say, if I meet him on the street, he ought to hope he goes to jail because if we, if we come across, I think he'll be lying on the floor somehow magically. <laughs> I love those kind of threats. Oh, he just... Just fell on the floor. Oh, I don't know what happened. Good on you, Paul. Um, and then he did say, I would kill the mother effer. <laughs> so he's being a little vague, but then not so much. Um, and then there was another quote. Uh, and then here's the one. Uh, it, and he was saying he didn't know about this until uh, his daughter had come out and, and talked about it. And he did say, if, if I had known, he would not be walking. He would be in a wheelchair. He said, adding he was absolutely furious. When he heard the news about Weinstein. Uh, so good on you, Paul Sorvino. You are a hero of Go Tell Us The Wall podcast for telling it like it is. Now, I'm not saying go out and beat up Harvey Weinstein. I don't think he's actually going to do that. But he's telling it like it is and sticking up for his daughter. Because I tell you, if that happened to my daughter, I'm going to tell you right now. If that happened to my daughter, and I'll admit it right now, someone's dying. Someone's dying. I, I'll be honest. Someone's dying. At the very least, never going to walk again. Not not wheelchair for a while. You're never going to walk again. So come at me. Come at me. Because I'm protective of my daughter. Really, my whole family. But don't even mess with my daughter. Um, all right. I'm going to save two things for next week. And we're going to talk about it. Because I do want to give some love to my my uh, uh, my long-deceased grandfather regarding a story coming out of Oregon. So let me give you a couple teasers here, wall fans. Next episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the ridiculousness of pumping gas in Oregon. That's right. The ridiculousness of pumping gas in Oregon. If you're not familiar with this, we will talk about that on the next episode and the hilarity that has ensued from what's going on up there in Oregon and pumping your own gas and all that good stuff. And, of course, one more thing to tease for next episode would be the ridiculous craze that is raw water. If you haven't seen this one, don't Google it. Save this one for me, wall fans. Let me be the one to introduce raw water to you and the ridiculousness that is raw water. Yeah. Yeah. Very much reminding me of Jack and the Beanstalk. Jesus Christ. Um, all right. Wall fans, that's just about going to do it for us. I do. We'll throw one more thing in there that isn't really even that important, and that would be the former heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson, is actually working on a resort uh, I don't think they've broken ground yet, but they're working on a resort in California City, uh, which is in Southern California, kind of, I believe it's out toward Palm Springs, maybe north of there. I'm not looking at a map right now. And this will be for a new resort. And this would be a marijuana-centric resort where you go there, and instead of having drinks, and I'm sure they have drinks, and they're obviously they got to have some food. It's, probably, it's a lot of chicken nuggets and in-and-out double-doubles. <laughs> but it is a, a, marijuana, uh, a, a marijuana resort where you can go. And relax by the pool and smoke some marijuana and probably eat some marijuana, you know, whatever whatever the kids do these days. I mean, they, they, there's like the little wax and stuff. I mean, I guess it's not that crazy. You, you're really just smoking or eating. <laughs> I'm acting like, free base of this weed. No, nobody's doing that. <laughs> no snorting it or anything. No, it's pretty much <laughs> you're eating it or smoking it. <laughs> I don't think there's other options. If there are, keep it to yourself because it might put you in a different category there. You know, oh, I could never even just I, heroin was never even enticing to me, even when I was in my like experimenting days, because it's like, well, I have to put a needle in my. No, nope. good. I'm good. All good here. Anyway, that's doing it for us. Thanks, wall fans uh, for. Yes. Thank you, Bridget. And at Mike Tyson's resort, they will be catered with Mary Munchie meals. Perfect. Cross promotion. Come on, Jack in the Box. I will help you broker that deal. Send us some damn tacos, and I'll help you. I'll, I'll go out. To, I don't want to talk to Mike Tyson. I'll talk to his people. Talk to his people. I mean, he seems like a very nice guy, except he bites ears and has tigers and, you know. Um, anyway, Mary Munchie Meal. 
So thank you for joining episode 40. This has been episode 40. We will be back next week, next week with episode 41. Uh, thank you for joining as we went just off the rails. I don't think it was, as, I, I thought it was going to be worse than it actually was, uh, but we will have some fresh content for you next week. And of course, check out the YouTube channel. There is new content going up on the YouTube channel uh, next week. So check that out. You just search, go tell to the wall. Of course, Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell to the wall, Twitter at tell the wall pod or at Magic Muppet, uh, and of course, you can find all of those things, including Patreon and including some additional photos and stuff. Um, and that reminds me, if you do become a patron, you actually get access to some in-studio photos that no one else gets access to. Uh, you you have to be a patron to actually see those. Uh, but nonetheless, if you want to get onto Patreon, uh, get you know, find the YouTube channel, find anything, just send me a note, email, check out some pictures, whatever else it is. Go to Sean O'Rourke Live dot com. That's right, Sean O'Rourke Live dot com. Why? Because I am your host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke, and this has been episode 40. Thanks, Wall fans, for joining us. Big shout out to Bridget and Chris for helping out as usual, and of course, Kevin Jones on there who's helping feed me some information, who also happens to be one of our patrons, uh, and if you want to be a patron, go check out Patreon, and we'll be back next week. Maybe I'll see you all at Unwritten Law next Friday. Who knows? Friday the 12th. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, but that's going to do it for this week, and remember, we always... Want to have passion here at Go Tells the Wall. But no matter what you do, no matter why you do it, no matter who you meet, and no matter where you go, always, always, always use common sense.